It's helpful to be mindful of how we name things, frame things in our in our minds, in our patterns of thinking. We so easily say, yeah, I worry all the time, or I'm really jealous of so-and-so. I can't get on with this person, or I'm in love with that person. The mind makes these easy judgments. I can't stand this kind of weather. This is really good. This is really bad. This is our ordinary way of thinking, our way of speaking with each other, the way we name and frame our experiences, particularly our emotions and attitudes. I'm always worried. This is really irritating. This is wonderful. I find it really interesting how sometimes you forget the thing that you were worried about, the thing that you were obsessing on. The attention is drawn by some other activity, some other event, and there's a moment where you realize, I was really upset about something. What was it? And in that moment, in that moment, the mind is quiet. Then you remember, oh yes, that's really annoying. But where was the annoyance when you forgot what it was that you were annoyed about? Where was the problem when you forgot what it was that you were worried about? Where was that obsession or that attraction to that person when you weren't thinking about them. Your mind was on something else. Therefore, it's really beneficial, very helpful to notice the stories we tell ourselves. I can't stand this. I love that. I've got to have this. That's really irritating. This is great. I'm an angry person, I'm a jealous person, I'm always anxious. Notice this. What does it say about the mind if you, if you notice? You've forgotten what it was that you were worried about. You forgot what it was that you were irritated by. Then you have to reassemble the problem reassemble the desire object, reassemble the anxiety. If we don't create it, it's not there, I would suggest. But our habits of believing our stories, the way we interpret ourselves and the world, it's so strong, such a deeply ingrained powerful force in our minds. 
many years ago when Lumpur Sumedha was teaching about this area. I found it very helpful how he would point out you've got to change the paradigm rather than me and my problem, me and the thing that I love, the thing that I hate, my anger problem, my jealousy problem, my anxiety problem, my lust problem, my complaining problem. Notice the mind doing that and change the paradigm from me and my problem to here's the Buddha seeing the Dhamma. Here's the awake mind aware of this quality that has arisen in the present. We tell ourselves it's there all the time. I can't bear this or I'm attached to that. I'm worried about this. I'm jealous of that person. But when it's explored and looked at, really investigated, we find it's not true. This was, a, this was a big revelation for me back in that time when Lung Po was speaking of this. Over and over, I would tell myself, I'm a worried person, I'm always anxious. I'm so uptight. But when you took that approach of really looking, you saw, actually, amazing, the Ajahn's correct. <laughs> Anxiety arises and passes away. Lust arises and passes away. My problem, the thing that I'm irritated by, it arises and passes away. It isn't there all the time. And if we don't create it as a problem, then it's just part of the way the universe is. Part of the pattern of nature. It's this way. It might seem a bit grand to talk in terms of the Buddha seeing the Dhamma, but an equally valid and maybe more relatable way to speak of it is here is the awake, aware mind knowing the way things are. The other day in one of the readings, Lumpur Samedha was talking about his habit of feeling jealous and relating to it in that same kind of habitual way. I'm a jealous person. Being jealous is so awful. I've got to get rid of this jealousy. It's so ugly, so unworthy, so unskillful. And then trying to, to wipe out those jealous feelings. In this way, what we're doing is we're creating an identification with those attitudes, those emotions, those mental states. I am anxious. I am jealous. I am in love. I am in a fight. I am unworthy. I am the best. Right there, Sakaya Ditti is being compounded, strengthened. And what's helpful to do then is to look at those particularly strong habits or attitudes where the mind really gets stuck being obsessed with something, 
worried about something, irritated by something, and make it a field of study. Just as in that account, Lumpur said he put his attention right onto jealousy. So we can explore that in various ways. These kind of uh, emotional habits. And one way of doing this, I found also a very helpful part of what Lumpur Sumato would encourage, is to make a choice. I want to get to know this particular attitude, this feeling of anxiety or desire or irritation, complaining, self-criticism. Just take one particular habit and say, let's, let's look at that. Let's make a study of this. Get it front center. Look at it. Feel it directly. One way of doing it is, uh, as Lumpur described in that, that talk, in that interview, of he would just amplify the feeling of jealousy, try to make himself jealous of, of everything, to make it so, so strong and so repeated that it became ridiculous. By overfeeding it, it lost its power, became a kind of a joke, ridiculous. It lost its strength because of being seen clearly, being known directly. Its absurdity was revealed that way. That's a, a, a skillful, helpful approach that we can use. Another is to use the feelings of the body. Often with emotional states, we so easily get caught up in the stories associated with them. Certainly my mind is like that. Rather than just being able to look at the feeling of worry, the mind immediately goes to the things that I would be worried about, that problem, that issue. The attention gets caught by the stories, the, the text of our love, our hate, our problem, our worry. So it can be a, a much more effective access point to use the physical sensation that goes with an emotion. A way to do this is to focus the attention in the meditation. Sitting meditation is usually easier uh, as it's more stable, uncomplicated. Bring the mind to a quality of focus, steadiness and deliberately invite that emotional state in. The thing that you're obsessed with, the thing that you're worried about, the regret that you have, the feeling of hatred. Or... And you don't need a lot of, of story just to remember the incident that you have regret about or the, the thing that you're worried about. Just a name or a a single word to, to trigger, a mental image to trigger that emotional state. Desire, fear, aversion, jealousy, whatever it might be. 
using the quality of memory and imagination to be a spark, like a dropping a match into the hay barn lights the fire of that emotion. And the tricky part is then to let go of the stories, my problem with that person or my desire for that person or my regrets about my behavior, what I shouldn't have done, what I should have done. This is the trickiest part, is to take the attention off the story, the memory, bring it right into the body. Where do you feel that sense of grief or regret, longing, worry? Every emotion, every mental attitude has a physical counterpart. If you bring the attention into the body, feel the sensations of the body, you can notice with a bit of effort and exploration where that emotion sits. It's different for everybody. And the texture of the emotion will be different too. You might feel anger like an iron bar across your shoulders or just your stomach becoming rigid, your jaw tightening, or a feeling of a vibration and heat all over. It can vary. Whatever the, the feeling, sensation that goes with that emotion, bring the attention to that. Whether it's a tightness in the throat, a heat in your armpits, tightness in the stomach, whatever it might be. Bring the attention right to that sensation without a comment about whether it should be there or shouldn't be there. Just to fully and completely know that. To accept this is the sensation of anger. This is the sensation of anxiety, of desiring. It's like this. To feel and to know and fully accept the sensation that's there in the body. Keep the attention on that. Consciously feel that for a few minutes. Five minutes, ten minutes if you can. With no comment, no trying to do anything with it, just feel it. Here it is. This is the result of feeling angry or anxious or lustful, grief-stricken. Here it is, it feels this way. And what we find is that when the, the story and the selfing is let go of, that even uncomfortable sensations, like with a stabbing pain in the heart of grief or a tightness in the, in the belly with worry or whatever it might be, it's much easier to accept in a wholehearted way than all of the, the self-centered, personalized patterns of thought and shoulds and shouldn'ts. Here it is. It feels like this. Then after a few minutes of that conscious acceptance of it, then we use the, the rhythm of the breath, particularly the quality of the out-breath, to let it go. Let it fade. Not trying to sustain it anymore, but rather to release it. Let the whole system relax. 
and to stay with that until uh, that impact of that that memory, that idea, that emotion has faded. The body's relaxed. There's no longer that sensation in your throat or your chest, your your armpits, your belly. Come back to where you started from. The mind is focused, attentive, the body relaxed, alert. So in that cycle, we've seen the emotional state, the attitude being born, taking shape, doing its thing, living its life, and fading away and dying. We've known and received, fully accepted the whole life cycle of that emotional state. This is what jealousy is like. This is what anger is like. This is what grief is like. So there's no suppression of it. There's a full acceptance and a knowing of it. But it's seen in a a non-personal way, felt as an attribute of nature, rather than my longing, my problem, my regret, my conflict. It's this. And it's also seen directly how it's an impermanent thing. It's a thing. It begins, lives its life, and ends. It's an event, not a permanent and absolute quality. My problem isn't a problem. It's a, a wave of feeling that arises and passes away. It can't be permanent. It can't have an owner can't be who and what we are. It might have a very strong uh, momentum behind it, might be heavily conditioned to keep repeating, but in this kind of practice it's really known fully and clearly. It's an event. Jealousy feels like this. It arises, does its thing, fades away. And that which knows the jealousy or the grief or the fear, the anger, the lust, the regret, it's not lustful, it's not angry, it's not jealous, it's not agitated. And that's not just an idea, but it's known directly through the process of this investigation, contemplation. This is developing the anicca sanya, the perception of impermanence in a very direct and practical way. Also developing the anatta sanya, the perception of not-self. Even though it's felt here, known here, these feelings of grief or anger, longing, it's felt here in the sphere of this awareness, but it's directly known in a non-personal way. It's a pattern of nature, arising, doing its thing, fading away. Can't possibly be who and what we are. 